everybody, and welcome once again back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your brother, co-host Thomas Dempsey. I'm your sister co-host, Elizabeth Connor. And today we've got a pair of reading challenges to discuss. Yes. So, uh, what I was thinking we could do is um, uh, break the episode up around those. Okay. Maybe we can uh, lead off with one take a break come back with the other and then save any uh additional reading for the uh very end okay sounds good sounds good all right was there any non-book uh related um topics to be addressed um hmm well i guess the first thing is um how you had asked if we could record like two days ago and i was like didn't we just record last weekend yeah that's that's so i mean it can be a little tricky remembering when and where especially in the summertime i think yeah and um i mean i'm at the tail like i'm in my last week of summer vacation i go back to work uh monday and i just i don't know i guess like i just finally got to the point in the summer where like i don't know what day it is i don't know what happened when sure um that's so totally understandable so yeah, so when you texted me and you were like, "Hey, do you want to record tonight?" I was like, "Uh, didn't we just do this like last week?" Yeah, but yeah, we recorded on the Fourth of July, which honestly feels like ages ago. At it this does. Point. It does. Yeah. Um. So I guess since our last episode, uh, me and my family, um, or I guess my quote unquote household, we um did like a little mini vacation to Atlanta. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah. That looked fun. We left the day after we recorded, and we went to Atlanta, and we went and saw the Braves play St. Louis, the Cardinals. Um, I'm pretty sure the Cardinals are in St. Louis. I'm like 98% okay. sure. And That's we fun. won. I think I think the score was 7-1. to one. Um, So it was a good game Ooh. to go to. Yeah, pretty chill. Yeah, and we had... Brian and I had not been to that stadium since we got married four years ago so it was nice to like go back and see it again and like we got there with enough time to kind of like explore the stadium and like explore the battery which is like the little restaurant shopping area that's attached to the stadium outside of it right and it was it was a lot of fun we had a good time that's cool um sounds like the boys enjoyed themselves yeah they did and So I think in the last two weeks, that's been like the big thing that's happened. Okay. Um, today, Brian and I uh, drove to Columbia and met mom and dad to have lunch. Um, we went to a, I guess it's a local chain called Liberty Tap Room. Um, yeah. And we had lunch there, and then we walked across the street to a cupcake shop, and we got cupcakes. Sounds fun. I, I couldn't make it because I had work, and uh, I um, was looking to maybe get off early enough to drive down, but uh, the driver who was going to cover for me, I think, had something come up that they needed to go take care of, so it just didn't happen. Yeah. You were missed, but we'll catch you next time. Yeah, there'll be there'll be a more to come. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, and like I said, I start back to work on Monday, and when we were stopped at a gas station, 
I checked my work email because I've just been, you know, I've been getting work emails like leading up to next week. And um, I've had a slight adjustment to my job assignment. Like I'm still going to be a music teacher, but it's a matter of like how many days at each location I'm going to be at that has changed. So I've got to make some phone calls tomorrow and see exactly how that works. Okay. Uh, I hope that works out. It will. It'll work out. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, well, we're just uh, doing our best to beat the heat. Yeah. Uh, yep. And uh, I'm, today's been pretty lethargic on my end. I feel like after that uh, cupcake mom and dad brought home, those things weigh on you. Yeah. And uh, Which yeah, one did you eat? Feeling- I had the lemon-flavored one, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, it was good. I had the uh, bourbon pecan pie, or Ooh, bourbon butter that's... pecan um, cupcake, yeah. and it was it was delicious, but, um, I mean, like, I, I had, I think I had, like, two, like, two big bites left of my cupcake, and it was one of those things right. that it was like, I feel like I'm going to vomit if I eat the rest of this. Oof. But I don't want it to go to waste because it's delicious. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm glad you didn't vomit. Ah, uh, yeah, me too. Yep. So, you ready to be talking some challenges? Yeah, let's talk some challenges. Alright, so, for the listeners at home, what happened was about a month back, Elizabeth assigned us each to give the other a non-typical reading challenge. Uh, Mine was to read a fanfic, specifically a Manacled, based on the Harry Potter franchise that Elizabeth had read recently. And my assignment to Elizabeth was to read the manga Chainsaw Man, uh, which is available on uh, various uh, uh, manga apps. And uh, which one do you want to cover first? Um, why don't we cover Manacled first? Because I've already talked about that on this show, so I feel like that it won't take as much time. Okay. Possibly. Yeah, another, another reason it won't take as much time is because I did not finish it. Uh, which we will talk about I'll a little honest. later. Say what? I said, which we will talk about oh, yeah, a little yeah, later. We'll talk about that later. I'll be real with you. When I learned we weren't recording Monday, my assumption was that the plan would be recording next week so oh. i figured i had a few more days left to go but uh but this is fun um i've got a i got a good way into it at least i read the first 30 of 77 chapters which mm-hmm. uh for the listeners at home the story is divide seemingly divided into three large chunks one of which takes place uh like at a point when the character Hermione has had her memories wiped and is sort of dealing with a lot of like questions and trauma and stuff. And then the second part after that is a flashback sequence taking place years before the memory wipe and you're starting to get like more of a context of various relations from the first half and uh, hints as to what brought her about to the state that she was in at the beginning of the story Mm -hmm. and 
I haven't read, I haven't finished that portion of the book, and I haven't read the final part, so I can only surmise where it'll go from there, but, uh, do you want to recount the overall plot for the, for the listeners? Yeah, so, um, I'll try to make it quick, but basically, in a nutshell, Manacled takes place in a post, uh, War of Hogwarts world where, um, Harry's side lost. The Death Eaters won. And everyone's dead, except for Hermione. And the book opens with her as a prisoner. And she gets, and then she is released from prison and then basically, like, put into a program similar to, like, the Handmaid's Tale vibe and the person that she's assigned to happens to be Draco Malfoy. Right. And so... Yeah, the, the, the idea is that, like, uh, what's his face? Voldemort is uh, looking into, like, pure blood wizard breeding programs. Yeah. And he assigns Hermione and Malfoy to have wizard babies. Yep. And, uh, and I'll admit, when I first heard about this, I was uh, skeptical. But... Uh, you know, because it's a Harry Potter fanfic, and you I guess you can, if you're just sort of observing from the outside, you go into that sort of thing with uh, expectations. But I enjoyed what of it I read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be interested in talking about that more in the um, purview of, like, a general discussion about fanfiction, because obviously I can't talk about the full scope of this particular story, but mm-hmm. I feel like I've read enough of it to get a handle on a lot of the sort of themes and uh like structure and what have you Mm -hmm. yeah so this book came out in or this fan fiction rather was published in was it 2017 that sounds right got it i've got it pulled up here let me check but uh yeah so and it's available on archive of our own or ao3 Mm -hmm. and uh yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just looking over the. Um, at the top of every chapter is like, the, uh, metadata for each story, mm-hmm. and so there's like a bunch of there's stuff like trigger warnings and, uh, I guess user generated, keywords. Yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. This one, this chapter I'm on right now was published in, uh, April 2018. Okay. So. Uh, I might open up the discussion by pointing out how very much this feels like a uh, revisionist work of Harry Potter for the like modern era, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah. The uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, like the idea of the good guys not um, sort of like winning by default, and the. Like concepts of like certain conceptions of heroism and goodness being antithetical to rooting out evil is certainly relevant to this day and age. But uh, I don't know. Do you think that might be reading a bit into it? I don't know. No, I, 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 I agree with that. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I thought that was an that. interesting angle. And yeah. so are you kind of talking about how like the the tension like between Hermione and Harry about using certain spells yeah, about, and 
Right. So the second part of the book takes place during uh, the Wizarding War, basically the protracted Wizarding War that takes place in this alternate history, uh, alternate uh, telling of the story, and uh, basically there's a divide among the good guys about whether or not to use like dark magic and curses and stuff against the uh, Death Eaters, mm-hmm. and uh, and like the heroes are all like like evil is like very definitive and all corrupting and so basically none of the good guys want to use curses on the villains which leaves them more vulnerable to curses from the villains and uh there's just kind of a political dimension to that kind of uh, strategizing and sort of rationale that i thought was kind of uh pointed yeah yeah yeah, and, uh, I I thought that that was a really in, I thought that was really interesting, um, and I also appreciated how it's mentioned. And I don't, I hope I'm not giving anything away. I don't think I am. It's yeah, I don't. It's mentioned yeah, several times. It's mentioned several times, like in that second act, how because because Hermione believes that you know in order to I guess adequately compete or adequately fight. Uh, the Death Eaters, you have to even the playing field, and that would mean using you know, some of these forbidden curses, or like, these kind of like gray area spells Um, and Harry is very much like no, like, light will win, love will win, and all this stuff and it's 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 brought up multiple times in the second act how Hermione is very much like the healer of the group Yes. And so all she sees is death. Right. She has a very different perspective of the conflict than a lot of her friends do. And that uh, perspective is sort of devalued, uh, like, among the people running the show. Yeah. Yeah. But then uh, if you're... Very, but then yeah. if you're talking about the people... Well... Okay, so, but if you're talking about, I guess, like, the quote-unquote adults that are actually running the show, like uh, Mad-Eye Moody and uh, Kingsley Shacklebolt, um, they're not entirely innocent either. No, totally. But they're, but the thing, but, like, the shady stuff that they do, Harry doesn't know about. Right. And among those shady things being the whole arrangement, uh, can we spoil, like, the development of Section 2? I think that's okay. All right. Basically, the crux of part two of the book is that it takes place at the point in the Wizarding War when Draco offers himself up to the uh, to the Order of the Phoenix as a uh, potential turncoat. Yep. Or like a spy for the good side, and one of his conditions is that uh, his co- his point of contact be Hermione, and that. Like, both during and after the Wizarding War, like, she is sort of, be, like, like... His? Uh, what, would, what would you call... What would, how would you con, con, talk... What, what, what term would you use? Um... I just know that basically... I wouldn't... And I, I would say that's a very nice way to put it. Um, yeah, he, he just basically struggle. Yeah, he's just basically like, look... Like, I'm only going to communicate with Hermione, and both during and after this this war is over, like, she is mine. Like, she belongs to me in whatever capacity that means you can use your imaginations or not. Right. 
So it, it's very much not a wholesale uh, revisioning of the character as we experienced him in the first part. Though it, I, th I think obviously the arc of this story is in rendering a uh, objectively like morally reprehensible character in like shades of gray. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's I, I I having not read the whole thing, I can't speak to like where it goes or how it ultimately pays off. But uh, just from where I've been at so far, a lot of part one was in uh, I guess Hermione like her relationship to Draco sort of going along lines of possible like Stockholm Syndrome mm -hmm. like she doubting her own like capacity to uh, judge her own uh, relationship with this guy mm -hmm. which uh, I, I'll, I'll speak to this uh, aspect of it I feel like I'm getting a sense from this book specifically that a large element of fan fiction or at least of this one in particular is uh interior storytelling yeah where so much of the text and the prose and the story progression is all like about characters mo internal monologues and feelings mm -hmm. so like each chapter might have like a single like substantial plot relevant uh concern but, like, by and large, it's whatever a character is feeling, whatever thoughts they're wrestling with. And I, uh, I get the sense that that might be, like, indicative of the genre. Though yeah. I wouldn't want to, like, leap to uh, assumptions. Is this the f only fan fiction you've ever read, or is it... Well, like... if you don't include uh, Fifty Shades of Grey... <laughs> right. Because technically yeah, that's I fan fiction. I um, Alrighty. But I mean, I guess if you think about it from that perspective, like that fan fiction explores the inner thoughts and emotions of these established characters or characters based on other characters. Um, yeah. I would say, because the, like I said, the only other one I've ever read is Fifty Shades of Grey. I would, okay. I would say that, um, I would say that that's pretty true because... For, because yes, like Fifty Shades of Grey has action in it, but a big part of it is talking about what's her name, Anastasia, Anastasia, um, yeah. is talking about like what she thinks about her relationship with Grey, with Christian. Okay. You've read uh, Twilight as well, right? I have read Twilight. Just on a pure, purely writing level, which book is better? That's no. I don't know. I feel like they're about the same. Yeah, I'm tempted to leave that whole pause in there because I feel like that was kind of a compelling. Uh, I feel like you should. Moment of, yeah, yeah. We'll see, but uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd, I'm open to checking out more of this of uh, fan fiction and various uh, franchises and what have you. Because, mm -hmm. uh, though I can't speak to, like, the length of it, I know, like, if this one's any indication that, uh, like, it's 77 chapters and, like, on its own, like, page listing, it's cited as being, in total, 170,000 words long. Mm -hmm. Which would put it 
like among the longer books I've ever read. I don't think uh, like Anna Karenina or uh, Game of Thrones were that long. I thought you said. I thought you What's said that? this book had more words, or that uh, Manacled had more words than that. Uh, I might have. I just I might have been going off of memory the last time. I'm looking at the actual like word listing right now. Okay. But uh, are you familiar with the longest like uh, narrative in the English language? Mm-mm. I believe it is a Super Smash Brothers fanfic that totaled at like upwards of two million words. Jesus. Yeah, I can't. I mean, that's just what I heard at some point. I can't say for certain. I'm sure, like, there's plenty of stuff that, like, gives it a run for its money. But this was like, just in that sort of fan fiction zone. I think sort of indicative of how long some of these stories can be made to go on and mm-hmm. the uh, relationship that the writers have to the text. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, none of this particular book felt especially padded. Yeah. I feel like uh, even for as long as it is, like each chapter sort of has an idea or an angle or an event that it's covering. Mm-hmm. It sort of like builds on what came before and lays some groundwork for stuff to happen after. Yeah. Yeah, which isn't to say that it's like like brilliant. I do think it's a bit one note in its sort of uh, literary style. Mm-hmm. But then uh, like from a... I guess you, uh, I don't mean for this to come off as derogatory, but from like an amateur sort of perspective, mm-hmm. like literally somebody writing these stuffs, like presumably in their free time, uh, yeah, I just, I think it's, uh, it's good for what it is. Yeah, I, I and really it was enjoyed like it. Certainly, yeah, and it was certainly better than I was I don't know what I was expecting, but I was certainly, like, won over by it. So mm-hmm. I'll be uh, sticking with it moving forward. Um, I noticed that there is a Goodreads entry for it, so I could log it on my reading challenge if I were so inclined. That's right. You can. Yeah. Have you done that? I have not. But I uh, might. Get it in there. Yeah. I desperately All need right. to update my uh, Goodreads challenge. I don't think I've up. Well, I started updating it, but I I still need to put in entries from like March. Right. Yeah, I've uh I'm a few books behind on my reading. Just uh feel like need to get a jump back in on that. Mhm. But I've I've I started several books recently that I need to get around to finishing, so hopefully that'll help pad the numbers. Okay. Yeah. So uh, was there anything else you wanted to say about Manacle? Uh, not really. Yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it. Elizabeth really seems to like it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think that's good enough for a recommend. Yep. And, uh, we've been talking about 23 so minutes now, so we're gonna take a quick break. Okay. And we'll be right back. Was there anything you needed to take care of? No, I'm good. Alrighty. Uh, you want to bring us back in? Sure. And welcome back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. Before the break, uh, Thomas was talking about how he read Manacled, the fan fiction, the Harry Potter, well, I guess, Dramione 
fan fiction more specifically. Yeah, it's really more of a Hermione story. Yeah. Um, Which I think is to its benefit. Yep. And so now, now that we're back, we're going to talk about what I had to read for the challenge. Had to read. Yay. Well, I mean, I did have to read it. I, I still enjoyed it, though. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, is that to say that you read all of it? I read everything that the Shonen Jump app had available. Incli- okay. And I did go, because you texted me about that one chapter, and I did go and specifically download that one app so I could read that one chapter. Okay. Which I, like, I was like, huh, I wonder why this chapter is missing from the Shonen Jump app. And then I read that chapter and I was like, oh, yeah, that probably explains it. Yeah. I, I had the <laughs> yeah. same thought. Yeah. Can you, this was all published in a magazine for children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. Do you want to tell them uh, what it was? Sure. So you had I mean, me. We've, we've already talked. About we've it, already yeah. talked about it. You had me read a uh, Chainsaw Man by I don't remember who, who who's by Tatsuki Fujimoto. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I read ninety nine chapters because now, that's what's that's available. Interesting because. When I first assigned it, I believe only 97 were published, and that had been the entirety of it for pretty much the last, like, two years or so. Yeah. And then just the other week, they started publication on Part 2, which is exclusive to the uh, the Shonen Jump app. Yeah. So everything that is being published from here on out isn't appearing in the pages of the actual Shonen Jump magazine. Right. Um, right. So because uh, so because you, I for- you handled the plot, yeah. So because I forgot that we were supposed to record, I I started reading this yesterday, and I finished reading it yesterday. Oh, you read it all in one go. I read it all in one go. Um, that is interesting. And yeah, because yeah. And it well, go ahead, finish your thought. I was just going to say, I uh, I have co-workers I talk about manga with, and one of them had been reading uh, Chainsaw Man sort of like as it was coming out in print publication, like in the trades. Uh-huh. And like, and, uh, like a quality of his experience with it, having reading it in like these larger chunks, is that he felt he had a weird relationship to the pacing of it. Okay. But uh, speaking as somebody who was actually reading it on the app as individual chapters were going up mm-hmm. and we had sort of like that more like uh, regulated experience with the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'd be interested to hear your um, experience with that sort of thing. Well, I'm going to tell a story first and then I'm actually going to get back to Chainsaw Man. So you yeah. said, this, okay. okay. So you said this coworker uh, was reading the trade papers. Well, when yeah. I was into manga for a little bit in college, like, obviously, I was into the big one. I was into Fruit Baskets. Or Fruits yes. Basket. And, um... I think you've still got the full run of that series in the top of your attic. I'm missing, like, the last handful of, of volumes. But I've got most of them. Uh, or I've, right. I own most of them. And yeah. what I would do whenever... What I would do when the new volumes were being released is... If I got, let's say I got volume 10, before yeah. I read volume 10, I would go back and I would reread the first nine volumes. 
Yeah. And then I would read volume I, I, 10. I, and then whenever volume yeah, had, 11 came out, I would do it all over again. Right. I had a similar relationship to the graphic, uh, to the comic series Bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she, Scholastic started putting out uh, uh, the full color editions of Bone, mm-hmm. I would buy like each volume of it and then uh, reread all the previous volumes in the lead up to the new one. Right. Of course, that, that I think they were doing it like once every six months or so. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a decent amount of time to sort of fall out of a series and get back into it. Yeah. I want to say Fruits yeah. Basket, they came out with one like every quarter. Yeah. Maybe it was a little sooner than that. I don't... But anyway, so I will say in regards to pacing, it worked... Like, reading it all in one go, I would say, like, was was beneficial for the beginning in terms of, like, all of the lead-up. And then when I got towards the end, there was a lot of stuff happening, and I was like, I kind of wish I had, like, paced myself. Yeah, because it, because I, like all the, when it's yeah because all the stuff at the beginning of the story like was very easily processed but then as you get towards the end of like that first arc and, and things are getting complicated like you need time to kind of like think through things and think through how things are supposed to work in this universe yeah it, it does get a little abstract in parts it's not like overt in certain elements of its world building and like uh, like systems basically mm-hmm. so I I do think that reading more like gradually if not on the prescribed sort of weekly publication schedule is uh, sort of the ideal way to come at it. Mm-hmm. Was that Potato again? Yep. Yep. Oh well. Okay so Okay. Okay so Chainsaw Man is about this young boy named Denji and Denji yep. is uh, impoverished and owes a lot of debt to the Yakuza and is just trying to repay his debt and still like live um, right. and by the way he lives in a universe where devils exist um, Yeah. and devils are I guess kind of like demons manifestations of human fears yeah so um anyway he has a pet he has a pet devil a pet little chainsaw devil that looks like a dog with a chainsaw coming out of its head and its name's pochita yep and um anyway so he and pochita like you know they 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 work together they cut down trees they kill monster or they kill devils um, to just try to earn money to pay back the Yakuza as, as fast as, as quickly as they can. Um, yeah. Well, then, anyway, they end up being betrayed by the Yakuza and are killed. Right. Um, so, because, and so there's a flashback moment where Denji is talking to Pochita and he goes, you know, I understand that some devils can take over a human's body. If, you know, Pochita, if anything, if that happens to me. If I die, I want you to have my body. That way, at least one of us can live a normal life. And right. that's exactly what happens. Is Pochita takes over? Well, that's o- not exactly. What I happens. mean, it's not exactly what happens, but like Pochita kind of like fuses together with Denji and like becomes his heart. Yes. And um, 
and there's like a string attack like coming out of Denji's test and when he pulls it a rip cord. Yeah, there's a rip cord coming out of his chest and when he pulls it, chainsaws appear out of his body. Right, and he becomes chainsaw. And he becomes chainsaw man. Um and so Denji is recruited by public safety, uh which basically their whole thing is about protecting the public from devils and he is recruited to a special division and the, some members of the special division are a human named Aki and a fiend, which is not what Denji is. Yeah, seemingly almost what Denji is. It's kind of like along the same lines of a devil fusing with a human, but almost like like you were kind of uh, alluding to, like if the devil sort of took precedent in uh, taking over a human body. Yeah. Um, right. but, and yeah. and the fiend's name is Power, and it's a female uh, who loves cats. Yes. And um, and anyway, like the manga, for the most part, or at least like in the beginning, is kind of about them form like them like working together as a team, and their ultimate goal is to defeat a devil called the Gun Devil who has, like, gone to these cities and within seconds has just killed, like, millions of people. Right. And, um, you know, has, like, so Aki, like, the, like the, the gun devil, like, killed his whole family, and so that's why he's on, that's why he's a member of public safety. And right. so basically, like, they are in, their quest is to find, is to find and capture and destroy the gun devil and yeah so that's like the overarching thing well denji okay so i'm not gonna lie like at the beginning i'm sitting here kind of like how old is this person because some of this <laughs> is like really inappropriate uh but denji is like is like 16 yes and what denji cares about is uh getting fed and having a safe place to sleep and maybe copping a feel. Yeah. He is very much a, like, adolescent teen. Yeah. Um, exactly. And right. he, but because he's a part of public safety where, like, he's interacting with adults, like, some, some kind of cringy stuff happens. Oh, sure. And so I, you're Can just... I assume that a certain scene involving vomit got a reaction out oh, of Oh, my God. <laughs> I laughed and was like it was so disgusting it was hilarious oh, yeah. and that will that's, only that's... make sense if you know me yes I was ugh uh. <laughs> anyway <laughs> and um, yeah. also like one of the big higher ups and the person who put together special division four is uh, a member of public safety named Makima. Right. And she is, like, she's very pretty. Denji has a huge crush on her, but there's something ain't right about her. <laughs> oh, no. There's not something right about her. Like, I guess we don't need to go too deep into spoilers. Yeah, because, no, uh, but this like, is a there's. Story that... But yeah, it. I, I feel like it does pretty much like what a lot of mangas do and what a lot of animes do. It starts out simple enough, and then it gets very complicated. 
towards the yes. end. It's right. also very violent. Oh, yeah. If I figured if anything was going to be a turnoff for you in getting through it, it was going to be that. It, it wasn't necessarily a turnoff. I was just kind of like, but also because like it's in black and white, which, you know, a lot of manga is. And b because the artist was trying to just portray so much gore, a lot of times, like visually, it was hard to understand what was happening. Yeah. So it kind of abstracts it. Yeah. Which it can make it less like visceral in some cases and also almost make it a bit more disturbing in others. Yeah. Yeah. Um So yeah. Oh. All right. So um you still got the shonen app or what all? Yeah, I do. All right, cuz there's definitely I think there's more there's a greater variety of stuff than just like the chainsaw man sort mm -hmm. of model that I think you'd be interested in checking out. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but I, I'm glad you gave this one a shot. Uh, having read ahead in the more recent chapters, does it seem like something you might stick with? Or Yes. Um, so I've started arc two. Cause, so I'm not going to go in, into arc one anymore because it's completed. I don't want to give any spoilers, but I'm going into arc two now. And Arc 2 is after all of the events of Arc 1. And even though in the two chapters I've read, we have not encountered Denji yet, um, you know that Denji is, has enrolled in school. And you right. do know, you do learn in Arc 1 that he has never gone to school. Right. So Because his... Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah, because he was after he was orphaned and sort of like uh, sent off into debt slavery to the yakuza. He never really got a chance to enroll or get an education. Yeah, because he had to work. Right. So. But uh, yeah, so now that's sort of uh, there's definitely a new status quo that the series is playing like close to the chest. Like you said, not even really introducing his character again uh, so far. Yeah. Now Instead, it is. we've got. Yeah. Say what? It is helpful going into arc two, to have read arc one because, like, off the bat, going into arc two, there are things that happen that if you were to go into it with fresh eyes, you would be like, "What the heck is this?" Oh yeah, you would be totally out of your depth. Yeah. So it's it's very much a direct continuation of the previous story, like lore wise, mm -hmm. even if it's like the start of a new conflict with like new central characters mm-hmm yeah yep but uh, I'm I'm very it, it, like I said it's been on hiatus for like the better part of two years mm-hmm and uh, I'm very happy to have it like regularly updating again because it's just sort of a nice little like weekly like top off right yeah and that's a big part of the appeal, I think, for a lot of shonen manga is following it week to week, or mm -hmm. like depending on your access to it, like volume to volume. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm glad you gave it a chance, and I'm glad you seemed to enjoy it. I did. I did enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to say about it, or? Nope. Alrighty. So that's uh, the challenge portion of the episode uh, 
settled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read some of Manacled. Uh, Elizabeth read all of Chainsaw Man. Mm-hmm. Now, did you want to uh, discuss the elephant in the room? The word total? Yes. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Because I did not finish my reading challenge. You didn't, but we talked about it off the shit, like, outside of recording. And I feel like one time you said, hey, I looked at, like, you can actually, like, see the word total on AO3. And it says that, like, Manacled has, I don't know, it was, like, over 300,000 words. Right. Whereas I assigned you something that you That read is significantly less. And I read it in the span of a day. Um, and I mean, I read man, I mean, and it took me like 36 hours to read manacled. So, uh, but I was like, I was hung over. Like I felt hung over after I got <laughs> done reading manacled and like that quickly. Um, yeah. So kind of what I propose is, I know you read at least a hundred thousand words because you said, because you said, you told me. Yeah. So, like, I'm happy, like, we'll just go on with 100,000 words and, like, we call it done. Okay. So, like, I'm I get 100... Right with that if you're all right with Yeah. That. So, like, I get 100,000, you get 100,000, because I know you read at least that much, and then we just, like, we just move on. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Okay. And before we do actual word totals, though, uh, have you got any other reading to talk about this episode? Not even one. Awesome. Okay. Have you been like? Are there other books you've been uh, working on, or? Nope. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of things I could mention. I read another one of them, Inspector Migret novels. Uh, this one was literally called Migret, and it's interesting. I don't know how it'll impact the series moving forward because I don't know if all these are set chronologically. But this is like the. 19th volume in the series of 75. <laughs> yeah. And it takes place uh, after Inspector Migret has retired from the force. And he's like moved out to the country and one day is approached by his nephew who is a detective on the pol- French police force who has been uh, framed for the murder of a uh, of a criminal. Mm-hmm. And so... Migret has to go back to the city and basically conduct an investigation off the books to figure out who actually killed this guy. Okay. And uh, it's a, it's an interesting story. It's, it's very much another one of those stories that doesn't really come together for me until the very end. Yeah. And, like, I mean that, like, both the logic of the mystery itself and also kind of the actual stories like approach to certain themes because mm-hmm. like this is very much like an old man coming back to right or wrong kind of uh, sort of thing and it's like point of view would seem a little like I don't know regressive mm-hmm. like there's a character introduced early on who's like a, a uh, escort who Migret enlists in helping him in an investigation and at first she seems very like capable and uh, like passionate about the uh, the thing but then she falls in love with one of the criminals that they're investigating and seemingly like just gets completely off track mm-hmm. and th- then you think of that this is like the story being like dismissive of like women or something like that mm-hmm. but then I guess just sort of like going into light spoilers the final chapter, like, in the final pages, even, of the story, like, the mystery's been all wrapped up, 
it's revealed that the uh, man that this woman has fallen in love with was the killer of one of the other criminals. Oh. That uh, the young police officer was uh, framed for. Mm-hmm. So, basically, Migret comes to her and is like, like, you know your boyfriend is was like the guy who killed this guy. And yeah. She's like, I know, and she's like, I know, he told me. <laughs> and then, and then the story goes, and then, like, the killer ran away and started up a club in another country, and she went and joined him, and apparently they're happily together. So it's very much not like a quote-unquote traditionally, like, moral resolution. Mm-hmm. Although it is interesting because the only people who get killed in this story are themselves criminals. Mm-hmm. So you almost feel like that the story is playing fast and loose with that sort of aspect of it. But what I'm coming to find with these novels now is that uh, Inspector Migret is not, like, a hard, like, moralizing figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes he's just interested in figuring out what the mystery is. And sometimes that will entail, like, having the killer or whoever be arrested. But almost as often, seemingly, it'll just involve, like, him learning what happened. Maybe somebody killed somebody. Maybe some freak accident took place. And he just determines that it's better for everyone if, like, certain facts don't come to light. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just a very weirdly m- murky kind of story that I'm just finding interesting. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I'll be def- I'll be sticking with these stories more. And, uh, I mean, that's the only other book I'm sort of counting towards my goal. I did uh, go through a good bit of this other manga series called Kaguya-sama Love is War, mm-hmm. which is about these two elite high school students who are on, like, the student council uh, it's the student council president and the student council vice president. And they're both in love with each other. But they're both so, like, proud and, uh, like, status-obsessed that mm-hmm. they, neither of them can confess their feelings to the other. Mm-hmm. So the whole series basically revolves around these mind games that they play on each other to try and get them into a position where they'll be forced to confess their feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of, like, the initial premise, but then it, like, accrues, like, a larger cast of characters, and the dynamics and running gags become more intricate, and it's just really good. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and I, uh, if I'd gotten a chance to come see you in Columbia today, I was actually going to loan you a lot of my, my volumes of that series, because I, I figured it'd be something you'd actually, you'd, uh, be interested in checking out. Yeah, for sure. I don't sure. think it's on any of this, I don't think it's on any of the manga apps. So, uh, what's the name of it again? Ebooks, uh, Kaguya Sama Love is War. If you can find it anywhere, uh, you can check it out, or else you could just wait and borrow some of my copies. Yep, it's on Shonen Jump. Oh, awesome. I I, I don't know if they'll make you pay for it though, because I know that Shonen Jump has like certain titles you can read for free, and then also certain titles that uh, you have to pay for, so just be wary of that sort of thing. Alright, so that was all my reading. So, uh, you ready to figure out some word totals? Yeah, so I've already got mine figured up, if uh, you want me to go first. Yeah, you do that. Okay, so I read Chainsaw Man in its entirety, or what what we have so far, 99 chapters, um, for yeah. what we decided would be a total of 100,000 words. 
So that brings my total to, for the year, to 5,232,616 words, uh, which puts me at 52% of my word count from last year. Okay. And I got, I got um, 41,000 words from that migrate story and uh, 100,000 words from what I read of Manacled. Mm -hmm. And that brings my current word total up to 2,875,941 or 0.64% of the way through last year's. You mean 64%, not 0.64. Yeah, that's what I meant. 64% yeah. of the way through last year. All right. Yeah. So Red still keeping at it. Yep. Feel like uh, I feel like at this same point last year as well. I feel I was a little behind on my reading. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna need to try and up the up my game in the weeks to come. Yeah, I do but as maybe well. Maybe it's just like a maybe it's just like a seasonal thing. I feel like I read better in the spring and fall. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like last year I did really good reading in the summer, but this summer I'm just, I don't know. Well, you've got a different, I feel like you're, uh, you've had various responsibilities to take care of this year. True. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess, um, speaking of responsibilities, I think we've got another challenge due. Yep, we do. Okay. Alrighty. So, backstory. And part of this I texted you about uh, between recordings. Um, oh, okay. So I personally do not feel like a very educated person when it comes to pop culture. Uh, oh, is this about those DVDs you asked me to look for? It was. It Well, kind of. Okay. Um, and so I sat down and was like, how do I get better with my pop culture knowledge and like that's kind of a difficult thing to do because pop culture encompasses so many different things um yeah so i kind of so what i decided because i feel like my area the areas where i am lacking is mostly in like television okay is like in television and in popular music because even though i'm a music teacher like i don't you know, if I'm just listening to music, like to listen to music, I listen to like top 40 stuff. And even now I don't even listen to that much. So okay. I feel when it comes to popular music, I don't really know that much. Um, but I feel like my biggest uh, downfall, or not downfall, but my biggest weakness or gap in knowledge is regarding television. So I was like, okay, how can I improve my television knowledge uh, for pop culture? So what I decided to do was to just like go through the Emmy nominees um, and just like watch the shows that had been that had either won or been nominated for Emmys. And okay. I was like, OK, I can't start the year. I can't start on shows like from the year I was born because everybody's got some knowledge of shows that were out before they were born. So I picked right. like starting in 1980. Okay, so I like. Okay. So I was able to find all the the TV shows and like miniseries and stuff that were nominated and won from like 1980 to the present day. And right. there's one miniseries I cannot find in its entirety to watch. Yeah. And it is called Moviola. Okay. Yeah. You. Yeah. Did mention that. Yeah. 
Um, is it about Marilyn Manson? Not Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> the one that I asked you about is about Marilyn Monroe, but it is, but that's the second movie in the miniseries. Okay. So the first one is called The Silent Lovers. The second one is This Year's Blonde, which is the Marilyn Monroe one. And then the third one is uh, The Scarlet O'Hara War, which is about castings for Scarlet O'Hara for Gone with the Wind. Well, oh, yeah. I can find the first one. I can find the first movie. It's on like YouTube. I can find the second movie. I think it might be on YouTube too, but I can't find or the, the, the last movie, The Scarlet O'Hara War one. But I can't find yeah. the second one, so I'm not able to like watch it in its entirety. But do you know yeah. what that miniseries is based on? It's based on Gone with the Wind, isn't it? It is not. Oh, oh, sorry. I was I was thinking of Scarlet O'Hara. It is based on a novel that was written in or that was published in 1979. 1939. Okay. 79. 79. Oh. Yeah. So it was the the novel was published in 79. The miniseries came out in 1980. Okay. So instead of watching the miniseries, we're going to read the miniseries. And it's called Moviola? And it's called Moviola, and it's by Garson Kanan. Okay. All right. That's a, I think that's probably our first uh, nonfiction assignment of the of the year. Well, it's it's actually it it's not nonfiction. It's oh. like realistic fiction. Oh, so it's historical fiction. Yeah. Okay. Um, that'll be worth. That'll be interesting. Yeah. So that's our challenge. Have you gotten, um, have you been able to find copies of it? I didn't know if it was like still in print or not. Uh I'm look I mean you can find it like on thrift books. Let me check Amazon. There's a Kindle edition um of it. So, okay. I mean like it's out there. Yeah, all right. Yeah, well I'll I'll I'll, tr- I'll check it down. Okay. Alrighty, sounds like a plan. Alright, and before we get into where you can find us, um, why don't you remind us of our challenge that we're going to be talking about next week? Oh, right, next week. Uh, or, I, I mean, next us... time we next time we record. Yeah, uh, next time we record, so a little less than two weeks from now. Yeah. Uh, I have assigned us to read the mo- the Wind Up Bird Chronicle by... Uh, uh, ha- I, I, I need to look. It's either Harumi Murakami... It's Haruki. Or Haruki Mumukami. Haruki. Haruki. Okay, sorry. I knew I was getting it wrong in the last episode. So, but yeah, the Wind Up Bird Chronicle by Haruki Murakami. Yep, and that's what we're going to be yep. talking about next time. Sounds good. So, uh, you got uh, the details on where people can find us? Yeah, so you can find us on our social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Literally Club at Your Words Podcast. You can also find us on our website at yourwordspodcast.com. And you can send us questions, suggestions, or comments um, to our email address at yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. Sounds good. All right, well, as always, it's been great talking to you, Elizabeth. Good talking to you, too. Yep, I wish you luck on your reading and getting back into the swing of things at school. Well, thank you. All right, and uh, 
As always, uh, we like to end every show with our catchphrase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.